Hello and welcome to IRL Pod, the most relatable podcast in the entire world. I'm your host Brady and each and every episode we're going to sit down with a guest who I think is living an interesting real life. Jacob, uh, you're here for our first episode. Yeah. Um, setting the bar quite high. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah. Man of many hats coming in here. You drove a car very fast for a living. To, yeah. To save yeah. lives. I wasn't sure where you were going with that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, that is true. Uh, to save lives. <laughs> um, swam around a lot. You guided people on missions through the galaxy. Yep. Uh, you can speak with your hands. That's true. Uh, you volunteered with no money for quite some time and met yep. your wife doing so. Yep. Um, your father and a husband as so. Yep. Uh, and importantly, you make my Friday night activity. You, you brew <laughs> beer, <laughs> um, which is fantastic. So uh, is there anything I've left out that you would add about? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's, um, yeah. No, that seems all right. Oh, cool. All yeah. Right. Um, so you're smashing the mic, episode one. Good job. Uh, your origin story. So give, mm-hmm. give, give us a little bit, cause how I met you is a section we're going to add on this podcast, but I met you at your brewery and it's mm-hmm. not an overly exciting story. I just kept coming you in, came and in drinking beer. Yeah. I sold you beer and now we're friends. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. So give us a, a background on to where you think things start to lead you to where you are now. Oh yeah. Well, so I was born. Uh, yeah, that must. Be yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so I'm not. I, thinking firstly, like radioactive spider start yeah, yeah. point. Not, yeah. not not everything before. Yeah. So uh, firstly, I'm not Canadian. I get that uh, <laughs> far too often. Um, born and raised Texan. Uh, it's funny. Um, actually, I get more than Canadian. Oh, well, so almost always I'm misidentified as Canadian. Uh, but I'm guilty. Um, by the way, that I, I, everyone is. It's okay. That's right. Um, but, uh, actually more than American, I actually get Irish as well. Yeah. Irish. Yeah. I get Irish more than American. So probably 95% of the time I'm Canadian and about 4% of the time I'm Irish. Well, you're on the record here. So yeah. s- set it straight. <laughs> I am, I am from Texas. Yeah. That's uh born and raised good and proper. I got the boots to prove it. Yeah. Uh, definitely Texan. Um, yeah. So that's where I grew up. Uh, Fort Worth is home for me, uh, which is pretty close to Dallas. DFW is the airport that people typically fly into. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's where I grew up. Uh, yeah, I got my introduction to brewing. I guess that's probably really where this all gets started. Um, I met my friend uh, who, or I guess in high school, my, my close friend was named Petey, Daniel Peterson, if yep. you're listening. Um, <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, he, is a, he was a good guy. We had a, we had a, a little bit of a, a cool little gang going on back in high school. Yeah. Uh, actual tattoos were... Uh, that's... A real Done. thing? So yeah, real, real deal. Wow. Yeah, not Is me. It? No, I, I, I convinced Petey to, to get the tattoo. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, no, we, uh, I never intended to, but I was like, you should really do this. This is a good idea. Um, his actual, that's uh, a long story, but uh, his original idea was to get this little eagle, this big, uh, actually his plan was to get a big eagle over his shoulders, like holding a American flag. So he went in and he had about like 50 bucks for the tattoo. And we went in and we're like, oh. The ultimate freedom tattoo. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was going to be pretty cool. And uh, we went in and the guy was like, oh, look, man, for 50 bucks, I can like put like a, 
like a post-it note sized eagle in the middle of your back. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, Petey, no, man. Like, you can't, like, you can't just like... It's freedom all yeah, the way yeah, or not at all. Yeah. Like, so I yeah. talked him out of that. And then we went uh, with the OT. OT was our gang. Uh, or Orange Tang. Orange Tang. Yeah, our rival gang was Green Tea. And we kicked their asses. So, um, so you were definitely the badasses of... Of high school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, OT was kind of where we, yeah, my little, my little gang of friends, but, uh, PD got introduced to brewing. I think his dad got like a home brewing kit when like it was like back in the days, so this is back in like 2008 is when I started brewing. Is, is that like the equivalent of what, like we got like the Woolies Cooper thing? Yeah. It was like a cheap little thing. That you yeah. pretty much just put yeah. in a barrel and check on once a day. Yeah. So his dad got that for Christmas and didn't use it. And I think it was like 10 years old. And so he, so Petey found it, and he figured his dad wouldn't notice it missing. So How old are you? Because uh, at this point, I'm probably seventeen. This is America, so drinking age is 21. yeah, twenty one. Yeah. So, um, so he so he brewed up the beer in his dad's garage without his dad knowing, and it was like rancid. Um, and so, uh, but that's kind of where he got his interest in. So then he went out and got a brewing book. Um, I think it's like the brewing. Brewing, home brewing 101 or something like that. And uh, an interesting story with that is as you read through the book, the first couple of chapters are all about sanitation and kind of uh, the principle of brewing rather than actual application. Um, good, good thing to get started on that. But as you go through the first beer that comes up, um, so the first chapter is history and then sanitation. And then the third chapter is like, hey, um, don't do anything with this recipe. Just make this beer and it's going to be a test of your sanitation practices. And then you can go on and kind of do other so things. So it's like super finicky. It can go wrong. Well, it's kind of a basic beer. Right. Mainly, like, a lot of homebrewers go into the um, into the craft and then say, hey, I'm going to make a beer with maple syrup and like bacon and it's going to be cool. And it's like, all right, great. But like, if you don't have the basics down, it's hard to build on that. And yeah. so you brew that beer and it tastes awful. And then it's like, well was the problem the bacon or was it that I didn't clean the bucket right? <laughs> so the idea is like, just do this properly, simple, don't do anything strange and then yeah. see how that goes. And then we can build off that foundation. Right. So you use the wrong bucket and the person falls through the floor. Like a, yeah. Like, something. A yeah. Bad situation. Yeah. So PD brewed that beer. That recipe is called the goat scrotum, uh, <laughs> IPA. And, uh, so most brewers actually would say that that was the first beer they brew because a lot of brewers start to, to learn brewing through that. Uh, and it tasted awful, as you can imagine, with a name like that. So did you care at seventeen? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was pretty bad. It was bad enough to care. Uh, wow. Okay. So, so at that point, I was like, "Look, man, we got to do this better. I'm sure. I'm sure we can do this better than that." And uh, that's kind of where I got introduced to the to the brewing with him. Um, and so we went out. We um, well, I guess that kind of gets us into like the, the longer story of of the brewery and things. But um, went in and brewed with him. Um, and really got an interest for it, uh, kind of a background in, or an interest in cooking. Um, cooking's really fun. Uh, How many backgrounds do you have? Because we, we, we ranted off a few. <laughs> yeah. Well, at that time, I'm just a high schooler. Nothing, yeah, nothing cool. too fancy going on. Yeah, cool. Um, apart from being the leader of a gang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I love this. So it's a gang, and you've already corrected me. Uh, one of the things you struggled with moving over here was that we call them bikey gangs. Oh yeah, that's a weird that's, thing. Like, quite funny to B- you. Bikey is a weird. That's... Yeah. So, but when you talk about this gang, it is actually the soft version high school situation. Yeah, we didn't actually kill anyone. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> so it's not the um, American what we get on Netflix. Not a proper is, gang. No. Yeah. Maybe maybe I should With consider my, like, my audience here, but um... rivals like green, green tea is <laughs> yeah. somewhat. Well, so some of the things we would do is so we would go out to like uh, Woolies, our version of Woolies, and get like um, 
uh, trolleys and then bring them and leave them in OT's yard or Green Tea's yard. So they like they couldn't, none of them had a had a truck, so they couldn't do anything about it. So they just like we could constantly collect trolleys and they had to like push like like way down the road to get them back. Your gang violence is yeah. just a minor inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah, one of the other one of, one of my favorite ones that we did. We there was a school in our neighborhood with me and Petey, and they had just collected all the leaves from like the whole soccer field, like this huge amount of like a, like a semi truck of leaves in these, in these plastic bags. So we're like, well, that seems awesome. So we, uh, we picked all those bags up, put them in his ute, drove them to green tea's house and then covered their yard in like probably like two meters of leaves. <laughs> and, like, and then like left at night. And uh, so they came out, they had like one little stick of a tree and then like their whole yard is just, is, yeah, that's pretty good. So those kinds of things, that was our, that was our, OT times, That's, plenty of stories of that. Uh, but I, I love, yeah. Uh, was there more members of this gang? I need to know that before we move. Yeah, there was quite a few. Okay, there was cool. quite a few. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just imagining you and this one dude being like, "Where a gang?" Yeah, no. There was there was probably like, that was probably six or seven of us. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So like clubhouse. Also. Yeah, we all had bumper stickers on all of our cars that indicated that we were a <laughs> member of OT. Uh, right. We had a handshake. Um, a handshake. Mm-hmm, I can't show you, but I it was good. <laughs> until you're hazed, you can't actually be yeah hazed. Yeah, well, maybe we shouldn't say that word either. But until you're initiated, you can't. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a piece mm. of culture. You can't haze people into a high school game. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. Yeah, I so love that's, that. that's where I got my start in, in brewing. So that's your first interaction mm-hmm. with creating beer. Yeah, kind of absolutely. Thing. Yeah, so. awesome. All right, so from there, you you grow up somewhat. You do quite a few different jobs. Yeah. So. Um, OT and all that stuff and introduction to brewing was probably my senior year, late junior year, senior year of high school. Um, so after high school, actually during that, that summer, uh, I became a lifeguard and I kind of opened my eyes to emergency medicine, um, worked at a, a children's home over in Texas, um, and then realized, oh, damn, this is a pretty good job. So basically the U.S. Uh, our minimum wage is a lot a lot lower than yep. over here. <laughs> um, so I was working at this children's home and I had to be there quite a lot and I had to um, because it was kind of a, I guess I don't really know the term for it, but, um, like a foster home kind of situation. So there's a bunch of like hoops for like background checks and things like, like a, that to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. Like a youth refuge. Yeah. Kind of a thing. So, um, so there's a bit of a higher standard to get in, but my pay was like 18 bucks an hour. And all I had to do was just sit there in a chair and just like get a tan. And I was like, damn, <laughs> like, this is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. So I could, I can do this. It's quite, um, it sounds I mean, maybe it's the difference in like, uh, countries as well, but it sounds like quite an upscale youth refuge that, that it was a pool that you needed to take care of people from. Well, no, not really. The thing is, there was laws requiring a lifeguard to be present, so there was only like 10 kids. Oh, the fact it had a pool in general. Oh, yeah, less true. Pretty, that's that's yeah. a bit different to us. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're, that's true. kind of like the smallest house you'll find and it's sort of hidden is our sort of youth refuge situation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's very different. Yeah. So it was all that's, right. That's a cool job though. It was really good. Um, in fact, I think even up until moving here, that was still my best paying job I ever had. Um, oh, okay. so yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, this is, this is sweet. So I did that for a while. Um, and then that's kind of where I got my interest in medicine. Uh, and so then after high school went off to, I guess you would say TAFE here, community college, TCC, yep. Tarrant County Community College. Oh, wow. Alumni. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alumni. <laughs> yeah. And uh, went off to that, uh, studied emergency medicine basics, uh, became an EMT uh, emergency medical technician, yep. uh, and then started working 911 over in Dallas, uh, which was a bit of a drive for me from Fort Worth. But um, the shifts were typically 12 to 24 hours, so the drive wasn't too bad. But 
because um, it was worth it when you're over there. Um, and then, yeah, during that time, kind of uh, Petey left. He went off to uh, another school in West Texas where, like, nothing happened. Um, and he got a master. I think it was a master's degree in like pre eighteen forty history. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. What but a, um, r- right. So yeah. you're not just like an eclectic human. You've collected people who OT are was very and interesting. Yeah, yeah, one of the other ones, Bailey or uh, Kaylee Bowers. She now works for like she's like SpaceX or I think it's Lockheed Martin actually. And she's like a professional skydiver. She's doing some cool stuff. And wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah, one of them became a teacher. She's probably like the lamest one of us. Um, Shout out to Haley. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, anyways, just to move on from there. So, uh, yeah, did that for did nine one one for two years. Um, that was pretty fun. There was lots of fun stories about that for sure. Yeah. Um, we could definitely get more into those uh, going further with the interactions. I guess that's sort of where we're at. Yeah. 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 I, I am talking a lot, right. kind of directly. It's fine. You can jump in and whatever. Um, yeah. So did that. Uh, started. Uh, in fact, actually, I had my first uh, underage beer in a bar um, in, uh, as, a, as a medic. Um, when I, <laughs> I was the, one of the youngest ones in the company, one of the only ones that didn't smoke cigarettes or have a motorcycle, and definitely like the only one that didn't habitually do mushrooms <laughs> in, the, in the company. <laughs> right. um, it's, a, it's a high-octane kind of work, and um, yeah, I think it, it attracts those kind of adrenaline people, um, but not always the most functional sometimes. Um, it's like chefs. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of industries that that attract <laughs> dysfunctional people. Yeah. Um, I think Australia, uh, as a country, just yeah. attracts dysfunctional people. You know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm here. But yeah. uh, I think Australian medics are, I think, a little bit more stable than American industry. Um, there's, there's probably lots of examples of that. But I mean, you say that, but I know one or two, and I think anyone attracted to a job where you can just legally drive fast is yep. probably a little bit skewed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you had to be a little crazy to do it. But um, yeah, so got uh, still got more introduced to, to beer kind of in that environment, um, but didn't really crack that open properly until a little bit later. So um, mostly kind of focusing on school and, and that kind of thing there and kind of trying to establish kind of my life at that point so cool that's awesome yeah mm-hmm. and then from that spot from doing emergency medicine and making a little bit of beer at home i imagine yeah yeah doing a little bit of home brewing but not a whole lot yeah. really um had you started to make your own recipes yet or well actually that very first beer that i brewed with pd was our first recipe that we wrote um oh, so you re- <laughs> yeah so what actually what actually happened back to rewind uh, PD did that goat scrotum. It was awful. And I was like, look, man, we got to do something better than that. So we went out on a drive. So Texans uh, are great at everything except being humble. Um, and so we thought we should probably make a beer that is hardcore Texan. Cause like, right. that sounds great. Cause you want everyone to know. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty, we're pretty good at that. So, um, so we went out to drive. we went on a drive actually to find inspiration for our first all Texan beer. Uh, and one of the things we came across was this Bodart tree. Um, they, we call them horse apples and I don't think you really have them here, but they're like these kind of starchy, big citrus looking fruits that are like really bready on the inside. Right. Um, is this the beginning of your tree? Yeah. Uh, not intentionally, but I guess kind of, um, yeah, probably not. I don't think I've ever made that connection, but. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. All right. I will now. Yeah. Thanks, man. A therapy cost for this. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. 
Um, yeah, so these bow dart trees, they make these things that we call them horse apples, and they'll sit on the tree and they'll ferment uh, just kind of naturally. On um, the tree? Yeah, wow, yeah, I, well, there's natural yeast and things right, like that. Right. Um, and so the, the horses will often eat these horse apples and they can get drunk on these horse apples. So you, you see a horse walking sideways in a, in a field and, you know, there's a horse apple tree or a bow dart tree there. It's such a world outside of Australia. Yeah, like, it's a little I mean, different. Yeah, our animals just kill us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or, yeah, or, or, a, a drunk horse can kill you too. Yeah, but. <laughs> well, that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. So we thought, oh, we should make a horse apple cider. Like, that'd be badass and Texan. So we took a few other notes on our drive and went home to, to make that horse apple cider. Google searched it because uh, that's probably a good idea. It turns out they're poisonous. Yeah. Very good idea. So yep. Google saved my life that day. Um, <laughs> and so the second thing we had on our list was a... Um, I actually drove by a sunflower field and we thought, oh, I wonder if we could do a beer with sunflower seeds in it. Um, and yeah, so uh, decided we would do that. Sunflowers are not poisonous, which was the first uh, requirement to make a beer out of it. Yep, that's um, definitely taking that back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, sunflowers figured there was a kind of like a grainy, uh, maybe umami kind of earthiness to sunflowers. Yep. Uh, so I thought that might be a a good um, ingredient in something like a Belgian wit beer. So Belgian brewers, um, no rules in Belgium. You can do whatever the hell you want. Um, typically spice their beers up pretty well. So orange and coriander seed are a typical ingredient in Belgian wit beers. Uh, so we thought that would be the appropriate base. So we did that, uh, added a bunch of sunflower seeds. At the time, we couldn't find enough, uh, that, or we couldn't find any that weren't salted or flavored, like in the store. So we actually had to go to a pet food store and got like all the sunflower, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, sunflower seeds from like a... So that sanitary chapter has just been thrown out already yeah well yeah. that's it's uh that's pre-fermentation so it's okay right, okay um so that's that's pre-boil so in the grain that you get wouldn't be very clean either no, um that's so yeah so now we got got a bunch of like parrot food and that's what, that's what we actually made it with <laughs> yeah and uh it was funny because we we're like two 17 year olds in this pet store and we're like we just need to get some sunflower seeds without so, kind of seeing... so this is your first birch wheat yeah, it was, it was, yeah so the recipe is basically not changed. Um, the only thing we've done, I've had a little bit more orange and I've scaled it up. But pretty much that exact recipe was written back in 2007. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I was, so I'm 17 at this stage, so I'm doing bugger all. Yeah, so am I. I'm 17 <laughs> as well. Yep. And you're creating beers that you now sell today. Yeah, yeah so, I guess so. Yeah. So, that's quite exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, so you guys make the first beer there. Yep. Um, you go on to get into medicine mm -hmm. and you make you a little bit at home, but not heaps. Yep. And then from there you step over to. What? Yeah. So two years of emergency medicine, uh, was pretty fun, but, um, really kind of felt challenged to do more with those skills. It was kind of this, um, opening up my eyes to kind of, I guess the, I'd always had kind of a, a drive, uh, for, I guess uh, humanitarian stuff and an interest in kind of the adventure and learning and having new experiences. That's kind of, thing that's kind of yep. marred my life. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, what brought me across the Pacific was actually to move over to Townsville. Uh, I came over early 2011. Um, so at 21 came over, I actually, I think I'd only just been drinking for like a month legally or something. Yeah. I was about to say, so yeah. like, legally you've just you know, hit being able to drink all this stuff you've been making for three, four yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And you're like, all right, now I'm going to move somewhere. In, in case the, uh, American federal people are listening, it certainly 
if you're in Australia, <laughs> everything's um, okay. We won't we won't worry about it. I, think, yeah. I don't know. I'm what sure, the there's average... worse things that have been said on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know what the average starting drinking age in Australia yeah. is, but I think what's funny we're so definitely competing in the US, with America. Though. Yeah, it's funny. So like in the US, it's 21. So like underage drinking is at like 18 or 19, and it's like crazy. <laughs> but over here, it's like it's like yeah, it's 18. So like underage drinking is like 11. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so. no. It's um, growing up like the experience was sort of mixed in different ways, and I had split parents, which are all, split parent kids are always yeah. like the worst because we're like, Dad said I could. Yeah, really oh, but it's always true. like the New Year's. We always had like a uh, Malibu. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Don't know yeah. why that was just a thing, and then just normal drinking just sort of seeped its way into. <laughs> yeah, and here we um, are weekends. Yeah, <laughs> um, like high school. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. Know, and too many parties where we're just like holding it behind our backs, and the parents are pretending they don't know that that's what we're doing. <laughs> we suddenly yeah. look like formal waiters. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. real upright, and we're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's good having a party without drinking." <laughs> <laughs> You're right, mum and dad. Um, yeah, nah, that's very different. <laughs> mm. Yeah, cool. So. so you come over to Townsville? Yeah, so up Townsville, up in Queensland, um, and there I spent about three months transitioning my emergency medicine skills into more primary healthcare skills um, and working more closely with like indigenous kind of primary kind of issues. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's so transitioned over and then moved up to New Guinea. So um, yeah, cause that's, that's where you got to go. So I went up there, worked with um, a group called YWAM or youth with a mission, also known as youth without any money. You tell me that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is this around when you meet Deb, by the way? Yeah, so actually I met her, I technically actually met her, it would have been like the first day I came to Townsville. Oh, so wow. she was okay. she was already there. She'd been there for probably two or three years. It was a language barrier or probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too bad. But um, yeah, so I moved over there, uh, met her there basically like the first day. Um, and then she went up to New Guinea. So the, the base is there, the, the Australian side of the base is there in Townsville. So you have about maybe 150 people there moving through kind of consistently. Yep. Um, and then that they're running outreaches to different areas in New Guinea. So it's from the highlands to the coastal areas. And so there's usually probably, at least at that time, maybe five or five to 10 teams in New Guinea that they're running. So she went up uh, before I finished my three months of transition um, and was up there. Then I went and joined her for three months in New Guinea. Wow. Um, cool. Uh, she had no interest in me at all. Uh, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, that was a very long uphill battle. Really? Um, this home brewer from America. Yeah, he just comes Damn over Yankees. and is like, yeah, no, uh, had... "So I've been making a bunch of money driving past cars <laughs> <laughs> and getting a tan. Yeah, um, now I'm going to go do much more humanitarian things." Yeah. and she's not into it. No, no, I was I was a dime a dozen over there. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, loud American did not. Uh, I had to, to, to climatize the Australian. <laughs> yeah, I was we, still, we, I was still uh, American flag boots, American. Oh so, wow, okay. Yeah, maybe not quite that much, but I was still, yeah, like a cape. <laughs> yeah, just wearing it like a cape. And yeah, neon yeah. flag. Yeah, so. we are somewhat hesitant to open arms, unfortunately. Over yeah, here. yeah. We we pride ourselves on our multiculturalism, but all the time are like, but you're not like us. Yep. So yep. that's true. Unfortunately, that true. but that's how it is. Yeah. Cool. So you're off to New Guinea. Yeah. So up there for a while, um, most of the stuff uh, that I was up there was working on a medical ship. So similar to like Doctors Without Borders or Mercy ships. Yep. Those are more more prominent ones. Um, basically, the idea is you go up uh, on the ship, you go up to most of our work is actually up the Fly River, which is in the Western province. Really, really, really remote areas. Um, there are villages we went to where the first white people that anyone had seen. Um, so we're, we're really out there. Um, but it's amazing that like you can go to these places and you have to 
that most of the time when they're up there, you have to send a, a smaller boat um, up in front of the ship to even do depth sounds because like no one's been there. So no one has any idea oh, like wow. where we're at or the, even the depth of the water there. So really remote. Um, you get off, you get off the ship, you go and do some primary health care. A lot of really basic stuff, to be honest. Like you don't need to be a, you're not going to save anyone's life being a heart surgeon there. Like anyone, yeah. anyone, okay. anyone who has heart issues has, has long, uh, long past. Um, so most of the issues there are like wound dressing, malaria treatments, like really basic stuff. And you can actually do quite a lot without a whole lot of knowledge, to be honest. Um, so you go into a village, you tell them, hey, wash your hands in boiler water. You've saved you know, a thousand people's lives wow. just something really basic like that. I think that's good information though, like for people to have who are mm. intimidated about going into these ones. Uh, oh yeah. Who, yeah, who want to sure. do that humanitarian work and then finding out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no you need this massive true. qualification. It's like, well, no, just go tell people to wash their hands. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's amazing. The like <sighs> approachableness. Yeah. The approachableness, but also like the, like just the, simple knowledge that we have growing up in a Western society that like we understand germs. Like most Australians will know that like don't eat raw chicken. But like if you were never told that, you'd have no idea. That's yeah, that's entirely fair. Yeah. And so like like these these areas that haven't been exposed to science or medicine or in any way, like like even the scientific process of like like all of those things like are really basic here, but like you know, huge steps ahead in places that don't have that. Um yeah, that's crazy to see, mm. I imagine. Um, yeah. Would you like to have a bit? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was just saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice big noise. All right. Oh, ASMR video right that's here. That's it. That's it. you got to do the, again, the tap and the, that's the sigh after. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it's, it's not mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Cheers, man. All right. Thank you. So this is why I started a podcast. It's just to um yeah, just enjoy some beers. Just enjoy <laughs> some beers. That's it. Yeah, that's um, a good choice. Hopefully we can. That's why I started a brewery as well. So well, that's yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So yeah. you're in New Guinea. You're saving lives by telling people to wash hands. Mm-hmm. Are you brewing any beer there? No. I imagine that presents um, some barriers. Yeah. So different, as you'd imagine, different cultures around the world have different relationships with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um. So New Guinea. Uh, they would do like, they would do some brewing with like coconut milk and stuff in like their huts. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, probably really dangerous and not a good thing. Um, yeah, that's more, uh, yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I I can't imagine that was any good, but also there's a, there's a brewery up there called SP South Pacific. Um, that's like the New Guinea beer. Um, and basically just the, uh, New Guineans don't have a very high alcohol tolerance. I've seen many guys like a, like a neck deep into a beer, like off their face. Right. So uh, I don't think there's over here in Australia and in the U.S. and certainly like in Germany, you can enjoy beer without the end goal being like intoxication. Yeah, that's not the case in New Guinea. Firstly, SP you'd only drink if you're trying to get drunk. Um, and that's really your only option. So there's not yeah. like sitting down and enjoying a beer in the same way. That's so, a shame. Yeah, it's actually, true. Just it's a true. quick side note. That was yeah. one of my favorite things when I found you. Because um, hmm. like I was, when did you open? Um, four years ago. So I was 26-ish. Um, mm-hmm. I was well and truly done with partying. I'd opened my business, I think, mm-hmm. around that. Or, or very near. Yep. Um, 
so I, I, I want to go somewhere and have a drink and enjoy it. Yep. And I got zero interest in the pub around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially our, our sort of local guys, which are all great guys, but uh, some of the environment is much more just drinking to get yeah, absolutely. To get drunk. And yep. So that was great. That was, you were my introduction to craft beer and somewhere to go that isn't home yep. where you can just enjoy drinks, which is really, yep. really cool. And that was the environment you've still got today. Yeah. Which yeah. Is really, 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 really cool. Yeah. So, um, so up there, I wouldn't really do much brewing and certainly wouldn't drink in public because like the association is like, it's like, yeah, you're not, there's no way that anyone ever enjoys a beer. It's so... Uh, it's not typically it's looked down upon if the if the, the medic is the one yeah, drinking. It's, it's kind of like inviting someone over to your house and it's uh, yeah for some heroin eleven thirty yeah. and we're having some beers. yeah that, that, that is certainly happening um, yeah, yeah so some heroin <laughs> zero to a million I love it yeah yeah so did that for a little bit um, I think it was about two years on and off um, coming back to Townsville doing stuff with visas and going back up kind of here and there um, but moving a lot around. My actual intention was, um, and actually kind of during those two years, slowly convincing Deb that I was like, all right to date. <laughs> I, um, I love this. So you're like, I'm super into the man- humanitarian. I'm going to yeah. move from America to Australia and then to New Guinea. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do most of it at some stage. It's switched to being about a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's is it. only a great story because you end up married. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> that story that's true. goes a really bad direction <laughs> if you don't. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out in yeah. the end. Um and yeah, so kind of developed a relationship with Deb at that point, and the that's guess, fantastic. Was there like a tipping day, or did it? Were you just kind of like? There was definitely a tipping day. That's a that's a story for a full podcast. Okay, cool. Um, uh, I, I do look it, forward to that. We will have to do a part two. Yeah, I think. yeah. Jacob's love story. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, so we'll <laughs> we'll go past that then, and we'll yeah. come back to that one another day. Then. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it took a very long time, but eventually, I, I convinced her that I was all right. Um, Fantastic for mm. everyone's benefit, mm. as it turns out. Yeah, I do like beer. Um, yeah, and I like your beer. So, thank you for convincing Deb yeah. that you're. Yeah, yeah. Right. She, she was the the linchpin in it all. But um, yeah. So actually, the intention was to move up to New Guinea and live there permanently. So at this point, still wow, not okay. planning on doing a brewery that was not really on the radar at all. Um, so I actually moved up to New Guinea for a little bit, up to Mount Hagen, built a clinic up there, got all the networks for medication chains and everything, and all everything actually really pretty well established um, and came back main and the plan was at that point, Deb and I were dating. We we're going to move up there permanently uh, and run this clinic for ever was the idea. Um, came back. There was a bunch of issues with the visas um, at that point, instead of going, cause yeah, New Guinea's visas are yeah. Kind of funny. Um, not like, super professional. Like why do they have them? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit like that. So um, actually uh, yeah, we got the visas on on Valentine's Day, actually, um, oh, that's conveniently uh, very timely. Um, but so we're back home waiting on these visas, and up taking like uh, four or five months, like much longer than it needed to. And uh, the day we got our visas, there was um, there's actually some public beheadings just outside of our clinic. Um, so New Guinea at the, at the time, and even still today, um, what typically happens is if you have a a chief with his many wives or whatever, um, if he dies, the widows inherit everything until they die, and then it goes off to basically everybody else. So there's a big incentive to knock off that uh, ex-wife or the, the widow of, of any well-established... I feel awful for just smiling and laughing about that. Well, that's crazy, yeah. So, <laughs> Very well-phrased. You know, so there's... Um, uh, in New Guinea, especially at the time, it was a federal defense that you could use to say uh, if if you murdered someone, but you could convince 
the jury that the person was a witch, your your murder could be justified. Right. Um, in the in the High Court of Nigini, um, as of so around like, here, your scale of I want to live here forever is starting to tip a little bit. Yeah. Well, we kind of knew that that was the case. Like, I mean, that's that's yeah. we're there trying to fix that. So you so. weren't completainly ignorant to it, but no, I'm, certainly. I'm, yeah, I'm, I've, I've seen, still think, seen plenty of it. Depe- de- uh, decapitated out the front yeah that was a little close to home um but we probably still would have gone back um because it's not going to change unless somebody goes over there really so that's true um but with that the organization that we're working with in new guinea um went through a bit of there was just a bunch of turmoil like all kinds of factions and um villages and tribes were all like there's a lot of turmoil so um even the the organization that we're going to be working with that was pretty disrupted. So there was no even. It's one thing to be there with a safe house, but it's another thing to be in a bad place without a safe house. And so that's that's kind of what happened. So um, at that point, we decided we're going to wait on New Guinea um, just for primarily the the um, yeah the organization that we're working with to kind of restabilize. Um, and so we're looking at other places. Uh, and at that point, we moved over to Juarez, Mexico, because um, that certainly. Uh, can't be more dangerous than beginning. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So I went over to Juarez, uh, and that's probably where I started getting an interest back into beer. Um, New Guinea, there's no sterile environments anywhere, not even in yeah, the medical ward, so, um, or the ability to really brew or publicly drink. So um, moved over to Juarez, worked at an orphanage there. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed that. I had a, yeah, it was a great, uh, really good building experience for me. Uh, Deb, it was a little bit harder. You guys don't have many Mexicans here. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah mm. Especially, where is so? Is Deb from Townsville? Uh, no, Deb's from Hornsby or Thornley. Hornsby. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. yeah. Um, we're not. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, this far south, you think there'd be some Mexicans, but <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that ocean kind of. Yeah. Like walls are fine, but <laughs> oceans are a challenge. So we should move on from the subject. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> So in Texas, uh, Mexican culture is quite prolific, and Spanish is pretty yeah. secondhand. Um, so, um, do you speak Spanish? Uh, not well enough to say that I speak Spanish. Right. Um, cool. But uh, just add another thing to the repertoire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably as much as I speak sign language now at this point, but um, or sign sign language. But um, so yeah, so the the culture was not too different uh, from what Texas culture is. So I felt quite comfortable there. Deb found it kind of hard. It's not knowing, like, I think I, she didn't even know what a taco was, like, kind of a thing. Like, she what? really, no. yeah, she knew what a taco that was, but, be. like, but like the, the Spanish was so minimal that, like, yeah, right. o, I think, yeah, hola was, like, too yeah, much. Okay. So, like, yeah, really, no, I really, I think, unfortunately there. for Australians, something like um, Looney Tunes, like, Speeding with mm. Hours might, unfortunately, yeah, the be their grasp. Andale, andale. Yeah. On uh, Spanish culture. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I'm sure I would, I'd struggle going to like Russia or something where everything is in a different, yeah. totally new. But um, yeah, so that for a little bit, still waiting on New Guinea. Um, visas ran out there. So then we came back to Australia, uh, moved up to Darwin uh, to do some volunteer work with Indigenous youth up in the Catherine. Yep. Um, did that for a bit. Um, ran some like, yeah, youth sporting stuff and that kind of a thing. Um, and that was pretty good. But uh, still waiting. At that point, we're still intending to go to New Guinea, so we're kind of just spinning our wheels, waiting for that to kind of settle. I like that your version of spinning your wheels is still doing humanitarian work. Like you're still, <laughs> yeah. you're still running around yeah. adding to the world mm. as opposed to just like making a bunch. Because like in Australia, we have the concept. I don't know if this is an American thing as well. Mm. Probably is of like a gap year. Oh so yeah, like yeah. You've you've done all these years for 
work of school and then before you're going to uni, before you're going out into the world to get a career, you just bugger around in a country. Yeah. Usually most people just end up backpacking somewhere and yep. drink, drinking too much. Yeah. Your version of gapping your time is to just like add good things to the world. <laughs> it's just like, I'll, I'll make like, it for oh, later. I won't but... make a bunch of money and chill out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do nice things and yeah, provide well, sporting goods for uh, something. I don't know. But yeah, it was uh, it was a good time there. Um, and then, but at that point we really felt like, uh, New Guinea was maybe not on the immediate cards and it was kind of time to maybe set a more permanent track somewhere else. Um, actually in Darwin, we technically got married there. Um, certainly not for visa purposes. Um, but yes, technically <laughs> for visa purposes. Uh, yeah. so we, we got married technically there, um, which is also a funny story, but, um, that's the second wedding I have heard about in that regard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I attended one at yeah. your brewery. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. very similar actually. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, visa weddings. Not. Yeah. Uh, not as. Uh, <laughs> not, not as, as memorable as the, <laughs> the portrayal. The real is. deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got a I got a Darwin Northern Territory marriage certificate. Um, oh nice, and your um, tattoo wedding ring. Yeah. So we uh, that's uh, something we share in common. Um, oh yeah, is super cool. Hand tattoos yep. and how much they don't do what they're supposed to do as a yeah. tattoo yeah and how much they probably hurt <laughs> i don't know about your finger but the bahama my hand was uh yeah i think that was experience. probably much worse the, the finger was actually not that big of a deal at all right. um it's funny when i went to get it in uh i was talking to the tattoo guy it was my, my my one and only tattoo and the guy was like oh look you really shouldn't get your first one in your hand why don't you um it's just get some like yeah. yeah he was just trying to talk me out of it he's like why don't you just get like a ring on your like shoulder and I was like, that's no, not really a wedding ring. That's stupid. I'm not doing that. And he like, so he did everything he could to talk me out. And I was like, look, if you don't do it, I'm going to go somewhere else. People just think you're going to be like big Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah. I, so, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like a, like those like cheesy arm band. It was like, right. no, I'm definitely not doing that. Um, Oh, like, like, like a tribal armband around. No, no, not even a tribal. He just wanted like a gold, a gold, two gold rings with like a diamond on. Like, I was like, no, oh, no, <laughs> I'm definitely not doing that. It's weird. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do it whether you don't do it or not. And so he let me, he decided he he would do it. And so I'm down there getting the tattoo and it actually like didn't hurt at all. Like, oh. yeah, I was, I was actually really surprised. I, that's rather pleasant for you. Yeah. I've, I've had sunburns <laughs> that hurt worse. Um, but, uh, while I'm doing it, this guy comes up with like neck tattoos and a face thing, like this crazy dude. And he's like, Oh man, I'd never get it in my hand. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, man. Like, I, like, yeah. <laughs> I actually have just to divert, um, the story of, when I did get my hand done was, uh, it was quite funny cause I'd had bits of my legs, my ribs were yeah. the first one back of my neck. Yep. They're, they're all all right. Like there's some ribs were a bit fun. Um, I'm getting my hand done and she's like digging it in. Yeah. Right. I got like quite a few calluses and stuff. Yeah. Years skating and stuff. Um, and she's just like burying it. Um, my now girlfriend was yep. actually there for support as a friend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm squeezing her hand to the point where I think she had bruises. Yeah. Right. Um, and the <laughs> owner of the place comes through and this is before Australia brought in all their regulations mm-hmm. and everything. He's like ex biker. Um, I, I said that for you, by the way, Thank not you. bikey. Yep. Um, and he comes through and he's just swearing off his nut because apparently someone out the front has refused to pay their full fee because it took longer than the quote. And the tattooist oh, right. was trying to explain to her, it took longer because you wouldn't sit still. And Ooh. she said, yeah, but I was in pain. You should account for that, which is ridiculous and what we would today call a Karen. Yeah. Um, but the owner, so this big dude, ex-biker, um, and he's just swearing. He's going, I'm sick of hearing people complain about how tattoos hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm there in this excruciating, <laughs> like, 
just like my hand is bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Sucks when people do that. <laughs> He's like, tattoos hurt. You should know what you're in for. I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was quite fun. Um, so yeah, you get the tattoo. You're in Darwin. Yeah, I actually got the tattoo a little bit later than that. I, I started out with an oh, actual okay. ring. Um, oh, you had a real ring. Uh, I did. It was like a twenty dollar like yeah. little thing, yeah. but for the ceremony purposes. That's lovely. I, no. I, I love that you then moved to the tattoo. Is, was the tattoo a work decision? No, uh, my entire life I'd always intended to get a tattooed wedding ring. That's a bit cute. <laughs> yeah, romantic. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. the idea of that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, the romantic. Yeah. You, you don't get a lot of that romanticized view on marriage, especially from men. So mm. that's, I, I love that. Yeah, but I, it might be part of your um, your religious beliefs as well. Yeah. I so yeah, yeah. So, I, I think that's a. Uh, Typically, it's a permanent decision. I think there's mm-hmm. far far too often it's uh, not that. But yeah, for me that and for Deb, that's something that we that's, yeah we're committed yeah, to. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. I love that. All right, married in Darwin. Yep. Staying in the country, not being thrown out. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brewing some beer. Luckily enough, uh, did I brew in Darwin? I don't know if I actually brewed in Darwin. I some of I those have. some of those environments are um, uh, some of the they're alcohol free. They're dry. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know if I... I think I did a lot of beer drinking in Darwin, but not a lot of brewing. Um, so you weren't in one of those communities, yep. No, I was Yeah, I was in, in Darwin City most of the time, and then we would do outreaches then to Catherine. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I remember. I, I, I may have. I have an idea that I may have, but I don't really remember. But cool. um, then we, at that point, decided Dar- uh, New Guinea was not going to be an immediate thing or foreseeable thing so it was time to kind of we got married it was time to kind of maybe set up shop a little bit more permanent uh and that's brought me back over to uh the u.s uh moved up to yosemite national park lived outside there um you need to explain that to me because my yeah. geography is a little bit crap um, uh yeah it's about an hour outside? north of fresno yeah, okay. uh california sierra nevadas because yeah, i was just imagining yosemite as just a forest and you're just like camped out <laughs> yeah uh well kind of so there's a um cool yeah i feel like there's stories in stories yeah uh so there's a town called oakhurst california which is basically the last place to get petrol before you go into the park right and that's where we lived so oh, cool. uh we're maybe 20 minutes from the south gate entrance of yes so not like in a walmart car park having showers no you're no like in a town that's later in the story but oh, cool. yeah, <laughs> yeah uh no um yeah in most of, the, of our time there actually was uh developing some teams from cali to thailand for human trafficking aid so Oof. did that right. kind of work for a little bit um and that was pretty fun um met a lot of people did a lot of stuff for that uh and then we did that for probably close to two years um for a while um and it was there that I got reintroduced to brewing. That was probably the real start of that back right. into it. Because that was the first time we were living in the U.S. with those kinds of resources. So. Is this the, the table? Yeah, yeah. So that's, oh, that's where... Awesome. Yeah. I love so, this. Because this is one of the things I got from you years ago. Years ago. Okay. Yeah, we, I think we had you over for burgers or something like that. And, yeah. And I heard this story and I was like, you... Kn- this needs to be advertised like, <laughs> years, years before I had a podcast. I yeah, was like, right. I, I, you, this is fantastic. Yeah. I love this story. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's accurate of a story, but, um, we, sorry, I built it up. Every, yeah. That's like, everybody damn, to listen to damn. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, far, yeah, yeah. the bar is already quite high. <laughs> We're traveling around the world doing good for people. Oh. And I'm like, Oh, but this, yeah. Yeah. So we, um, basically as, uh, doing all of that volunteer work, it, it's not paid, right? So yep. all of everything that we do, we actually have to pay ourselves uh, our way. So 
all the medicine that we're giving uh, to, in New Guinea, we had to actually purchase ourselves all the all of that time. So um, not a whole lot of uh, disposable income um, at all. Um, mostly supported by friends and family and churches and things that's, like that. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, um, yeah, so I, I learned want how to, to like a dollar. Clap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think on behalf of everybody listening, that's, that's fantastic and thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So, Whoever that is, hopefully it's yeah. an audience. Oh, those are supporters, more than yeah, one. for sure. Yeah. Those guys, yeah. those guys rock. Currently, um, my network was actually a really wide net, so I had a lot of small supporters, and Deb had basically just one church really supported her, so we had a very different kind of uh, support base, but. Um, yeah, so when you get, uh, in California, uh, we had a little house, and something I really love doing is hosting people and having people over, um, hence the beer and the and the food kind of interest and things like that. Yep. Um, so to me, uh, the most important thing in a house is the table, the dinner table. I think that's that's where all the good conversations are held, and um, that's the real heart of kind of the house. Don't look at my house too closely. Oh, it's a beautiful I table. currently <laughs> put the table in the lounge room for this podcast. Yeah, I was like, this is cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, really wanted a nice big table to kind of invite the community over and also all these people that were sending over to Thailand and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, wanted to get this table, but again, having no money, I was looking to try to build it myself. Um, and I needed to find a way to get some like good solid timber slabs. Um, and there was a, in the town, there's this guy, um, his name is Eddie crazy dude, like crazy dude. Um, who knows what Eddie's up to now, but, um, he might still be out there. Uh, Oakhurst, uh, California, he would do these things. He would do these, he would do sign writing. So what would happen is you get like these tourists that were coming through to Yosemite. They'd stop there, get their petrol and they're this, this little shack. And what he would do is he'd take these little timber slabs and carve someone's name out of it and put some like trees on it. And then charge. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Way cool. And charge through the nose. <laughs> like it was crazy. The margins he was making on like this scrap wood from like the, from like the Bunnings around the road. He just like, it's like, <laughs> it's it was not even from the no, it was like super crazy. Like, <laughs> like super shady. Uh, and he lived there in this little, like, yeah, it was, it was, he was a bizarre dude. He was a cool, he was a great friend of ours. And actually we had him over, like, he became a good friend of ours. He had a little dog called Biker. And, uh, it was like, I guess like a Chihuahua, one of those like ugly, like really ugly dogs. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he would ride around his motorcycle with his chains hanging off and everything. And Biker would ride on his shoulder. And like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was cool. What a dude. Yeah. He was, he was a cool dude. Um, so I went to him and I was like, hey, man, I'm looking to find some timber slabs. Uh, could you do that? And he's like, well, actually, why don't I make the the table for you? And I was like, well, that's cool, but I've got, like, no money. And by no money, I mean, like, 20 bucks. There's no way, like, you're going to be able to buy the hardware with what I can, what I can pay you. Yeah, that's um, the screws. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, barely. So um, he was like, oh, look, why don't you go see what you can do? And, and I'll write up a thing and a quote for this table. I was like, uh, like, it's really not worth our time. Like, I definitely, but sure. Like, okay. I don't think you understand. Like, yeah. 20 this is yeah. the budget and yep. the entire pot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, anyways, we went off and I was at home and I was brewing. I was like, hey, you know what? This guy probably likes beer. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a good chance of that. Um, what if, so I talked with Deb and I'm like, oh, how about we this do this? This dude so, in his shack carving yeah. into trees. Yeah. What he really needs is yeah. alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think there's more than alcohol going on, but, right. um, yeah. So I went back to him and I was like, Hey man, um, so you had like a quote for like a few thousand bucks for this table. I'm like, you really didn't get the, like, you didn't get it. I don't, I don't have anything. Yeah. Like, I was like, how about this? Uh, how about you? So I gave him some beer. I was like, I want you to try this and why don't we make a beer for you, uh, in exchange for the table? So, so you're, you're bespoking beer. 
Yeah, this is probably not legal, actually, now that I'm saying it, but that's what we do. That's, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's trade commerce. Yeah, I know. think so. I actually didn't sell any beer. I sold bottles with stickers on them. and Yeah, whatever the, was in them was in them. Yeah, I, I don't know, actually. No, I wasn't yeah. involved with that. Yeah. Um, so he tried the beer, and he's like, yeah, that's cool. You got a deal, but I want two batches of beer. And I was like, okay, I can probably swing that. Um, I was like, well, what do you want us to make? And he's like, well kind of I, these are good and i was like well i can i'm like literally gonna be making this for you so i can do whatever you want and uh he was like oh the two things i really like is hershey chocolate and cashews so make a cashew beer and i was like okay cashew <laughs> chocolate yeah. yeah so so i made a hershey's one a coconut and chocolate one for him and a cashew nut oh so you separated i just idea. separated them out. that's yeah. a good idea <laughs> actually i think actually actually now that i think about it i think the chocolate one actually had almonds in it as well there's almonds coconut and chocolate in the dark one and then the Damn cashew kind of want to have it taste of that now yeah that yeah, was cool yeah, um that's cool so did that uh brewed those beers up after this comes out you have to do like a throwback beer throwback beer throwback <laughs> to eddie anniversary <laughs> beer <laughs> yeah so um what's his that? name just call it eddie like, yeah eddie's eddie's, eddie's love shack eddie's yeah. beer <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so we brewed that up and uh one of the guys that we're living with was a graphic designer um troy ruff he's pretty cool he has a bunch of uh he's actually a movie director kind of get thing doing his own thing. And he was working with us in the same thing. Um, so he actually designed all the labels. So we took a picture of his little shack and put it like nestled in some trees. It was like, it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, got that's the, awesome. got the caps made up. So it had his name on the special caps, the whole thing. It was like right. 44 so, fast was his like slogan. I don't know what that was. So about, this guy but. got like, a, it, it was a good deal for a table in the end. You weren't just like, Oh, here's like 12 beers. Yeah, no, we didn't screw him over. Um, but it did take a very long time for the table to be made. It's, um, it, that was the first introduction to, like, you get what you pay for situation. <laughs> so the table ended up being very good, but it was, like, I think a year and a half later that we actually what? got it. It was, like, it's a, a very long process. Um, so it's a year and a half later. I, I got to know, and I might be jumping ahead here, what yeah. happened to the table? Ooh, it's a sore subject. It's still there. Oh, no. It's still there in California. Um, yeah. Someone's so eating at it right now. Just describe this table to me. So that oh, it's a, like a beautiful big sequoia slab. Uh, <sighs> it was cool. Uh, very heavy. There's no way I was taking it anywhere. Um, Couldn't put it on a plane. No overhead lock. No, not in Australia. No. Um, you, don't get, you, don't get, you don't get timber like that into Australia. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, beautiful table. So that's kind of where I, and at that point I realized that like this craft that, or this interest that I have could be monetized. Um, right. And so, yeah, that's when I started to really consider becoming a brewery and, and doing it more professionally. Um, and uh, yeah, so Dev and I prayed a lot about it and decided what we're going to do and um, felt like, yeah, that Eden Brewery was where we're going to go with uh, our next chapter. So uh, from just, just to state further ahead, you still mm -hmm. didn't give up humanitarian <laughs> mm. Um You've decided you can make money out of beer, but Eden, like one of the first opening things was like 10% stocks, man. Yeah. And that still continues today. Yep. Which is fantastic. Uh, apart from supporting local businesses, which you do consistently from the prizes in your trivia nights to just being nice and coming mm. on here for free, <laughs> which is fantastic. It, you, you've just kept that up. That hasn't left you at all. Well, no, that's, that's a, that's a foundational part of, of, of Deb and I and our, yeah, that's, that's who we are as your people. World, so yeah. No, yeah, that's fantastic. I so if we, can, if we can do it without having to ask for money to do it, then that's even better. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's what the brewery is really built on is is that kind of foundation. That's awesome. So. How do you end up in the Southern Highlands? And this is where we 
uh, it, we change, dear viewer, from our origin stories to our mountain stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our, our mountain section is going to be all about the challenges that you face in getting yeah. where you are today. It's a long story, too. And I think there's a fair bit in there. <laughs> yeah. um, and again, we, we, we might go over this a little bit quicker because um, we don't want to use all of Jacob's time. Um, and, That's all good. But you, how do you end up in the Highlands? Yeah, yeah. so um, uh, Deb, being from Hornsby and... Thornley area. Um, the idea was, yeah, we're going to go start this brewery. It was a little bit of a hard sell for Deb. Um, she was pretty adamant. Or well, all of her life, she intended to like live and die in New Guinea. Um, so she's right. like already not really following what she really wanted to do. Um, and craft beer is not big in Australia at this stage. When you think about it, it's this, starting like, out. Like but it's 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 a it's still young. It's it's going in America, but it's just kind of like the yep. infancy. Yep. Yeah, it's here. just so, getting going. Probably. So that might be part of the hard sell. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. I don't think. I think the bigger thing was just that you're not going to be living in a hut, which is something she really wanted to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, let's start the brewery. We want to wait uh, on New Guinea, and who knows, we might end up back there again. Um, but uh, in the meantime, you can be closer to your family. So right. that was cool. kind of so, so that's that's what drove us to starting the brewery in Australia over the U.S. or something like that. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, looking at Sydney, I was like, no thanks. Uh, so, uh, looking for like an hour and a half outside of Sydney, um, look out towards the entrance or sorry, the, uh, Oberon Bathurst area. Um, originally that's where we're looking at moving. Um, we went and did a walkthrough on a building and the next day, another brewery signed the lease. So oh, we we're like, rough. yeah, shout out to Badlands. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it was like, all right, cool. We're going to leave those guys there. Uh, and we're going to go off and do kind of our own thing. Yeah. Uh, somewhere else. So I looked up to the entrance, uh, Northern Beaches area. Yep. Uh, nothing was really quite right. And came down here to the Highlands and like just fell in love with the, the Highlands. Seems uh, like an area that actually draws a lot of expats and North America, Northern Hemisphere people. Just um, to, because um, we don't know who's going to listen to this yeah. at this stage. Uh, the Highlands, the Southern Highlands, uh, is a tiny area. Um, pretty much banks back between Canberra, the capital of Australia, and Sydney, what everyone thinks is the capital of Australia, uh, in New South Wales. Yep. Um, and we're a place that still considers itself rural, despite having every possible franchise in the place. Yep. Um, and we're, yeah, we're, we're somewhere between rural and the, the stopping point for every city urban goer. <laughs> and yeah. we are expanding crazily fast this is this is why part of why i'm doing this podcast um for the listeners knowledge uh is just that we're we're getting bigger i think the newcomers should learn of the personalities shaping the place um eden brewery is a big contributor to that um as well as the people who exist here who don't know these stories which is yeah really cool that's that's part of why i wanted to do it um so you've come to the highland so you you don't want to be in sydney so you move here. Yep. Yep. But there's three things we're looking for uh, in an area to start the brewery. One was uh, disposable income by nature of the brewery and craft beer. We kind of need that kind of, uh, we're not the uh, cheap choice. We're not the Aldi brand. No. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're getting close to, and it's a, you guys tricked me. Oh, yeah. Because you were my Good. introduction to craft beer. Yeah. Your price is different. <laughs> yeah. uh, even by the time you came along to bottles, and so we were like $30 for most of your six packs. Yep. Um, like, yeah. So uh, most people know that's getting close, not quite there for a case of your standard macro beer coming in at like yep. $40 odd. Um, but Eden still tricked me because I went to fill up a growler at another brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was quite the shock. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's why those guys drive nice cars, and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we make decisions as a brewery uh, with the end goal of quality in mind, not the end goal of the bottom line in mind. So um, I might look at writing a recipe, and I'll write it before I even know kind of the costs involved and stuff. So there's been many times I've made beers, and I'm like, oh. That uh, we are gonna sell that at a loss because like we can't <laughs> buy fifty kilos of vanilla. So, for the, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so the uh, ice phoenix, I remember that yeah, being quite. Yeah. So uh, this, and the imperial stout. Yeah, just yeah, stuffing. Of, plenty of beers that have in at two a.m. Extraordinary amounts of cost. Um, but that's why we're and that's the idea is I need my consumer base needs to be interested in buying beer that's flavorful and not thinking about the price because I'm not thinking about the price when I'm writing it. So. Um, the Highlands kind of has that. There's loads of loads of muddy down here. Um, lots of uh, celebrities have houses and all of that. So there's, there's plenty of disposable income in the Highlands. Um, also looking for an interest in uh, paddock to plate. Um, every cafe in the area is happy to tell you that their tomatoes are grown locally. Yeah. We fit right into that kind of mold. Yeah, so. it's really cool. That, um, that whole local support thing has just been so yeah. fun to be to, to, to go to and enjoy it. Yeah. You know, everything you do seems to support that, whether it's the ingredients in the beer or uh, prizes and trivia nights I mentioned before. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, come give me, giving me your time today is well, quite, yeah, it's all good. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Then yeah. the last, the last thing we're looking for was um, an established alcohol culture, which uh, Australia <laughs> has an abundance. Um, and, uh, but the area does have a lot of uh, wineries and things like that, and even some distilleries. And so, People who are doing like wine tours can go through and, and we fit right onto those trails really easily. So there's lots of tourists in the area looking for things to drink. And so it was a really great fit for us. Yeah, that's so. awesome. Um, yeah. All right. So here we get into some sticky stuff. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, you've got your idea. You've got your rough location. Yep. You find a venue. Yeah. Is that where we're going to start? Or well, we're kind of. So it kind of began. So we decided that we're going to come to the Highlands. That's, yep. that's where we're going to go. Um, and we're really amazed that there was no breweries here yet, to be honest. Like, um, yeah. So uh, went to the council. We spoke to a lot of other breweries in Sydney, talking to the to kind of like learn the process and stuff. And, and the brewing industry, as a side note, is an incredible industry to be in. Um, all of us kind of see it as rising tides lifts all ships. So um, our goal is not to take or steal from any other brewery our goal is to steal from lion nathan that's the guy i'm trying to i'm trying to kick his ass and all of us are trying to do that too so like two weeks yeah. like we're out here for you um we're coming for you but um so i think you're winning to yeah be we're fair. trying he's pretty nervous uh, uh, yeah. uh um most yeah. people i speak to now have been somewhat converted to craft beer that's only yeah. um i think that might be a generational thing actually yep um well but, yeah and yeah. there's a lot to be said about that um yeah. as well but um yeah, so all the breweries were actually really, really open to us kind of starting up. And in fact, a lot of breweries even opened up their entire books and said, this is how much we make, this is our costing, wow, this is what we're paying our that's staff. such a lovely environment. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Coming from the fitness industry, uh, that's not... No, I'm sure, I'm sure most industries are that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you go into a place and like, hey, can I see all of your tax records and all of your employee contracts and take a case of beer for free? Mm. Most breweries are like cool with that. And like... Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, yeah so, um, so we knew from uh, other brewers' experiences that our major hurdle was going to be with our local council. Um, so we were... <laughs> so you heard that from other brewers. It's, it's, a, it's a common thread. Who are not from the Southern Islands dealing yeah. with this council. Yeah, yeah. And this is where we get into episode one. I'm going to like 
have controversy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I don't <laughs> have a kind of word to say about them. Um, Which is fine. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's just shout roll, out to the Winter Caribbean. Roll, roll um, those dice and see where it lands me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically, at the beginning, we said, "All right, look, we don't want to get the council offside. We understand that that relationship needs to be really well managed." And so the first thing we did, um, we had a few ideas of locations that we had only really seen online. Like there were never there were really. Like, we, we weren't serious enough out of any place to actually do a walkthrough or contact the real estate or anything. Went to the council and said, hey, look, guys, um, we want to start a business in the Highlands, and we don't want to have any issues with you guys, so we're looking for you to kind of lead us so that we don't step on each other's toes. Um, the primary issue with councils is, uh, and breweries is often zoning. Um, so in this plate, this is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to make beer, and we're going to sell beer on site that we make. Um, where do you want us to go, and what zoning do you think we should be in? So we can look at those things. So you've done preemptive, amazing amounts of steps to like create a good relationship as well. We're as, trying, yeah. And and what you're trying to bring to the area is not like you know starting like a heroin shop. Like you, yep. you're trying. Yeah, to which do, is probably better margins, but yeah. Yeah, you're trying to do Less something taxes. that's only gonna <laughs> only gonna add value to the area. Yep. Um, bring something new. Yep. And yeah, you, you're trying to. Yeah. yeah. So the council at that point, uh, they were actually like super, at that point, seemed really friendly. So we, we. Oh, they tricked you. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. The yeah. plot twist. Okay. Um, so we were like, hey, this is a place we're looking. It was actually in Mittagong. Um, it's gone through like 10 different restaurants now. Um, it's right there by, eh, it doesn't really matter, but this little cafe thing that was there. Yep. Um, and we said, hey, we're looking at doing this place. It's zoned um, as a restaurant. So we should be able to get our on-premise license and be able to sell beer. Like that should really not be an issue. And at that time, our business model was quite small scale that we wouldn't actually uh, wholesale or produce anything beyond what we're selling on our own taps. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so the idea was mostly to really be a brew pub. So um, your margins are a lot better when you sell into glasses than when you sell kegs. Um, so the way we had it structured was to do that. Um, so he said, hey, this is what we're looking at, but we're not committed in any way. We've only just seen this online. Um, happy for you to kind of direct us where you want. And so the council, it's the reception staff, uh, then sent me off to a planner and they came back and they're like, hey, this is actually really cool. And thanks for asking us. We wish more businesses would talk to us before they sign leases. It causes a lot of issues because of that. And So you, you, you've got a growing feeling. Yeah, it seems the, like pretty you've cool. You've done the right thing. Yep. And, and so they're like, hey, um, this location you brought up uh, is cool. However, it seems to us that your primary mode of operation or modus operandi will be um, <laughs> right. the... Latin. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, primarily will be your uh, production. So you really need to be in an industrial zoning rather than a business zoning because the main operation is really production, not so, um Yeah, you can you can bar. argue that both ways. Yeah, and that's fine. You, you're cool. consuming things, but... Totally sure, fine, totally fine. No, no worries at all. So it's all right, great. So we went off um, and found uh, this location that we are in now, um, which is on Cavendish Street. It's kind of an industrial uh, street. Um, but as light industrial as you could probably find in the Highlands, I would think. It's kind of just on the edge, just on the cusp of what would be all of your motorcycle manufacturers and all of those yeah. things. So um, went there, uh, went back to them and said, hey, uh, we've taken your advice. We found a business or industrial zoned location, yep. industrial two. Um, just double checking that this is going to be good. And they're like, yeah, that's great. That's exactly what we asked you to. You're not going to have any issues. Thanks for talking to us. Let us know when your DA goes through. Cool. And just to not name names, but like mm. definitely... Um give some context here. So mm. you, the, the place you've picked is across the road from a place that uh, both mass and small produces pastries. So yeah, like, I think you'd say Yemna. Yemna's cool. We yeah, like them. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> so fine. Like they're, they're making food for people to eat. Yeah. Yep. So you're, you're there. You're up the road from a cafe. 
Yep. Um, yep. At the time that was open, yep. uh, you're not very far from the, like the main mall, but yep. Yep. Uh, there's other things there. There's a, there's a CrossFit. There's mm-hmm. so there's there's lots of different things going on in that street. Yeah, that's true. But definitely you wouldn't out. You would you wouldn't think there'd be any issues with no yeah so in, in, in fact so we um, we said okay we got the the light green light from the council we'll go back we'll actually do a proper walkthrough and really talk to the the person so um, again five years or six years seven years of volunteering meant that we didn't have much money at this point so we went to um, the landlord and we said hey look we're going to be here for a long time um, there's going to be a lot of improvements that we're going to need to do on the building to get us going. Um, is there any way that you can kind of help us out with any of those things? And the guy was like, not a chance. I was right. like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, awesome. at, the, at the time he was asking for a two year lease. Um, and so we we're like, okay, damn, right. Okay. How about this? So we went back to him and said, Hey, look, we'll give you a three year lease if we can be here. So the one, one issue is that there's still a chance the council is going to have some problems with us being in this location. So, um, we'll give you a three-year lease in exchange for a six-month get-out clause just in case something happens um, and the zoning's not correct or whatever. Um, we'll be here forever if we can be. We just don't really know that until like we really yeah. can be. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of variables yeah. there that are not in your hands. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So the landlord comes back and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to give you any get-out clause. And now that you mentioned it, I want a three-year lease. It was like, <laughs> damn it. That is not how this works. Right. Um, so I, I've tried to be upfront. Yeah. I've tried to be honest. I've tried yeah. to tell you. So we're like, okay, that, so the things, so the more emails we have with the landlord, the worst things we get. So we're like, all right, we'll stop doing that. And so we went back to the council and said, look, the deal is now it's a three-year lease with no get out clause. We need to have a lot more assurance that we're going to be okay here because like before we sign this, we, I really need, so I actually talked to one of the, um, the zoning people to actually send over a business development counselor. Uh, to the brewery so he comes out um on the floor i've got the floor plan for the entire brewery set up um the um century 21 at the time uh carlton now allowed us to go in and we actually put chalk where the fermenters are going to be where the tables are going to be where the bar is oh, going to wow, be cool. so the you whole floor plan was laid it out for yep. them they, there's no question there's no yep how many meters between this yeah like, exactly that, that's sold. where everything's going to be um so walking through the council's like hey this place is great uh craft breweries are like a thing that's really cool and essentially, you're what the Gumnet is across the street. They're a manufacturing venue, uh, and they sell uh, some coffee and stuff there yep. to be eaten there as well. Yep. So we're operating really the exact same way as the Gumnet. Um, they're across, they've been there for like 15, 20 years or something. Yeah, they've been there a while. Um, but there's yeah. some fun laws in Australia, stuff about like if it's older than seven years and no one's got hurt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so really reassured that everything's going to be no issues. Um, and the guys seemed really, really encouraging. So we're like, all right, cool. I, I think this is it. We're going to be all right. So signed the lease. Um, it takes a while. Like the landlord's in like Fiji or something, so he can't sign like the DA stuff. So it takes us a few months. <laughs> we have a lot of landlords who yeah. are not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So get the DA, send that in. Uh, and then the next day, uh, one of the zoning guys, not the one that I've spoken to before, but a new one, calls me up and he's like, hey, just got your DA put on my desk. Um, no chance that this is going to pass. Uh, absolute wrong zoning. You need to be in business zoning. Um, so just letting you know right now, we're going to basically deny you. Um, so if and you haven't signed the lease yet, you should probably not. And for, <laughs> so DAs actually cost money to submit as well. Yeah, yeah, massively. So yeah. like you've you've submitted to someone who's been and not full to mention of confidence for you. The the commitment to three years of rent. Yeah. As well, like that that costs a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that'll definitely. Yeah. So I'm like, well, hold on, man. Like, there are car loans that are less commitment than that. Yeah. So I'm like, who's who's the? 
So I, I knew all the names and everything. So I'm like, so this, I spoke to this other zoning person. Um, she's got to be sitting right next to you. Like she's the one who's told us that we're, that this is your idea. This isn't our idea. And he's like, no, 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 it's not her desk. It's my desk. And this is how I'm going to interpret it. So I'm not going to let this fly. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Sorry. It was insane. So uh, lots of tears cried that night. Um, and just not knowing how we're going to do this. So he, we started at that point, that was the beginning of our big council fight. Um, and so now I'm, I'm quite educated on council law and zoning. So if you need any, <laughs> need any help with that, uh, I think I've... If I can find a way to stop people from mowing their lawns yeah, or right. recording, yeah. that would yeah. be cool. If you could find a clause, that's sweet. <laughs> I'll look for it. Um, but yeah, so sort of that process of just kind of arguing with them. And I was like, well, look, like industrial two zoning at the time, you were allowed to do agricultural business. And there's an argument to be made that brewing is agricultural and so that was great involved um yeah so um so like things like a cotton gin are allowed like that's what the actual the rules were yeah so i was like well if you can do cotton you can do beer and so we argued that case and that was about a month or two of arguing on that and he said okay you're paying rent with zero return throughout all of this yeah yeah with a deposit everything's done yeah Yeah. every week is costing us uh, a few quite a few and hundred nothing dollars happens quickly like getting no. the answers back is a process exactly yeah yeah there's no pressure for them to write back immediately so well they're busy um, you know well, that's what they say um they're, <laughs> they're busy denying DAs. yeah um so yeah so then we finally got them to concede that a brewery would be allowed um however uh the a phone just went off sorry yeah, if you're listening that's my bad that's good. um <laughs> Uh, so rookie era. Yeah. So the uh, the production would be allowed, but the on-site consumption would not be allowed. Um, That's and problematic. Yeah, it's a big issue for us, right? Because if you remember back, the highest margins are going to be your glasses. So our whole business model is based on, on. Yeah, and it's just you know that's how people are going to find out. I mean, yeah. even your wholesaling, they're going to come. They're going to go. I want to taste that. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to get them in the door in the first place. Yep. And you can't provide that. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. So that's that's going to be a big issue for us. Um, I don't know how detailed we want to go through this one, but um, it ended up being about a year and a half of arguing uh, over glasses and whether on-site consumption was going to be allowed. Um, all the while paying rent, all the while not progressing with our development. So yeah. that, so that whole time... return on a lot of... Yeah. So that whole time we're actually living upstairs in the brewery unofficially uh, and... Uh, or maybe just spending the night a few times. Yeah. Um, Doing bucket showers and the floor drains, yeah. uh, all the years of of, uh, just... of New Guinea living uh, kind of taught us how to, to live savagely. So yeah. we were. <laughs> um, and and you, you've got no friends at this stage. Like you've yeah, got we didn't friends, know, yeah. but you don't know Not down here. that yeah. many locals or anything Absolutely. like that. And you haven't opened up, so you haven't, no one's been able to meet you yet. Yeah. Um, of course, like if... And I had no if, beer, so I couldn't make any friends. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you were able to flash forward a tiny amount of time. Yeah. All I have you, is a DA and a three-year contract on a... You're like, pretty <laughs> uninded with people who want to be there for you yeah, now, I, now I imagine. But yeah. um, it's, that would have sucked. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a tough time, um, but we were committed and we knew it's that's a great we were story going. of perseverance, right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I to be honest, had we had the six month get out clause, we wouldn't have done it. We would we would have we would have bounced, and uh, the brewery wouldn't have been here. I don't so it was think actually anyone would fault you for that. Yeah, like that's that falls into the too hard basket pretty quickly. Yeah, it it was, but we had no choice. Like we we're at that point, we we're three three years committed. So like we're paying rent for three years, so we have three years of fighting us, and yeah. and so like that's what just gonna have to happen. Um, and yeah, so it took half that, but, but we got there. Cool. Um, and yeah, there's a whole lot, like there's just a whole, 
incredible amount of frustration with that. But um, there was licensing problems as well, and then yeah, if we want to get into it, we can um, restrictions but, put on it. Uh, I think. Yeah. For your time's sake, we might keep going, but we'll, we'll yep. we might do a part two one day. I would love that if you would. Yeah, the the uh, council fighting. Yeah, um, we can we can definitely. I can get spend into, a lot of time talking about that. We can get into that. We can get into uh, your your marriage, how that occurred, mm. how you convinced Deb, how that turns the yeah. tide to you living in Australia. Yeah, all the real challenges of, of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I love this. So when are, how many years of Eden? So the brewery has been open, uh, actually January 13th was our four-year anniversary. Cool. Where, are we going to sneak peek what the anniversary beer is? Yeah, it's funny. We um, So every year I think about doing the anniversary too late, um, yeah. and I have grandiose ideas, so they end up taking longer than they need to. Um, so we never release our anniversary beer on our anniversary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so to run people through, we've had the Ice Phoenix. Yep. Um, which is a method we could go into, but that was delicious and fun. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Um, then you had the chocolate. Yeah, the Fallen Phoenix. Yeah, the, fall, Fallen yeah. Phoenix. So yep. Phoenix is the flagship beer, pretty much. It's yep. the most popular. Uh, and then last time we had the Fire... Yeah, the Fire Phoenix. Fire Phoenix and yep. cinnamony and stuff. It's it really quite delicious. Yeah. Cool. So what have we thought now? Uh, yeah, as far as the next one, oh, well, so you don't have to reveal it. I, yeah, we're still right thinking. Now. So yeah. one of the things is, so all of our beers, they're waxed, um, yep. like for the anniversary beer. So the first one was waxed, um, with blue cause it was the ice Phoenix. The next one was purple cause it was the fallen Phoenix. Um, nothing yep. to do with Cadbury. Um, and then the <laughs> no brain association <laughs> yeah. advertising. Yeah. And yeah. the fire Phoenix, uh, seemed to be red was a good choice for that. So unintentionally we've gone through a color range here yeah. so we've gone from blue to purple to red yeah so uh we're looking at doing the next one as an orange and then doing a yellow and then green and making the full circle yeah I like this all one. around the power range of beers yeah cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah, yeah. yeah um so yeah all the primaries and the secondaries there um so probably something with orange we're looking at orange okay uh, cool so that, that's a nice teaser i like that mm. um all right, so before I consume just monstrous amounts of your time, uh, mm. I want to plug a couple of businesses. Um, moving forward with the podcast, we will hopefully get people on board to want to do this with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but today I want to thank uh, PowerPoint Music in Barrel. They've provided all the gear we're using, and it's, it's pretty nice. Um, i sure Jacob can attest to it's it. It actually looks professional despite being in a lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> the snake crawling around mm. behind your head. Mm. Um, outside of that, uh, Matthew Healy from Early Bird, he's also a sound engineer. He taught me how to do this so that we don't sound ridiculous. Okay. Uh, and Angus Murray, uh, a musician who we are going to get on the podcast who gave us the theme music. So outside of that, obviously you have your own business and your future projects and stuff that I want to go through. Yep. Um, so plug us what you're doing now, what the future is looking like. Yeah. Um, and anything you want to get people involved in, uh, the trivia nights are quite successful. They're pretty much sold out. Yep. Um, which is hilarious because I wanted to come to those when it was, uh, the, the idea was being created. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're like, yeah, like once a month we'll do these things. And now it's every Saturday night and it's pretty much consistently booked out yeah. and it's the, the prize you've still managed to do a very nice thing with. It's all local meats and vegetables and hot sauces and your beers and yep. wines and stuff that are all produced locally, which is really cool. But what else have you got going on you want to tell people about? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, um, I do have a few things that, uh, there's, there's one big thing that's kind of coming, 
but I can't I can't release it yet. Oh, what a taste. I know. I know. That's that's rough. <laughs> I know. Well, I guess kind of my experience has been that there's such a long process to get things going that I'm like, well, this will be ready when it's ready. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, but that was kind of like this for me. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. You know, it became an inception idea back in like November. Yep. And then I was like, oh, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get this. And I spoke to you, and you were like, actually, really encouraging. I was like, oh, god damn. Okay, so this is gonna happen. Yeah. And then everyone's like, so when? I'm like, ah, oh, there's there's so much. To yeah, there's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. So we got this. I got this little project. Basically, we um recently we started the project with uh, Boozy Burgers. Um. So yep. for those of you who don't know, yeah, we're gonna um, have Nathan on here. Yeah, he'll be more interesting than me. Probably a little bit more leaping out, but... um. Yeah, that was... (laughs) (laughs) Chef in general. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know how we're going to eat a burger while we talk. um, If we just keep up the trend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So basically with that, uh, that process has been where the brewery is well established and we're having different food trucks and things that come through. Um, We really saw an opportunity to have a a better integrated or better relationship with the food truck. and I spoke to Nathan, a good friend of ours, um, super cool dude, uh, really passionate about what he does and um, kind of a master in his domain where we are a master in our domain. Um, so a really good relationship. And basically went to him and said, look, we got this opportunity. You've got the skills. We can maybe work something out here. Um, so Boozy Burgers is uh, 50% uh, Nathan and 50% Eden Brewery. Uh, it's a good, clean, efficient way to do it. Um, and basically every menu item has our beer in it. Uh, as well as Which like this, such a cool thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So there's, there's plenty. Pickles are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Click. Uh, you should you should uh, link that that next mm. podcast to this one. Um, I definitely will. Yeah. Um, Nathan's coming on within the first few. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. So um, basically, that's shown me the opportunities of uh, running multiple businesses and how they can kind of benefit. So the brewery has obviously benefited from having a food truck there, um, as well as given Nathan this whole uh, his oh, first man, business kind of thing. So yeah, it's good. So there's a whole there's a whole new business plan. Uh, it's been registered. So if you, if you're, uh, if your fingers are, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's registered all of that stuff. So I'm just waiting for some, yeah, for the final, the final pieces in the puzzle to get there. <laughs> Can imagine your, um, hesitancy, especially with like the bits we've heard and we are going to iterate them all, um, on the, the council and like the, yeah, the hiccups yeah, yeah, yeah. that can happen yeah, along the way. Exactly. It's not, it's not here till it's here. Yeah. And, um, that's kind of what is our experience with the brewery, but the food truck was a pretty quick turnaround. Um, most of the groundwork could have been laid and I think that the case will be for this one as well. So it shouldn't have to wait too long. Maybe by the time I come around next um, oh, cool. but it's gonna be pretty interesting. Um, so that's happening. Um, that's consuming a lot of my time. Most of my, my business meetings now are on that. The breweries come to the point where it's a little bit more sustainable. So, um, which is as a business owner, kind of what your hopes are kind of always yeah. on, like I'll sacrifice now for in five years, you know, I'll have to do as much. And the brewery is kind of getting to that point. We have a, a really great team. Um, yeah, everybody there is just lovely and they're yeah. willing to have a chat about the beers and they're just yeah, like, great absolutely. So they're solid, solid, solid team. And it means that I don't have to be over their shoulder all the time. Like I can kind of start working on these other projects and, um, yeah, keep, keep expanding the, the enterprise to take two E's down. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of a, that's, that's an interesting little thing going on, uh, without saying anything. And, uh, yeah, loads of, lots of great beers coming out. So we have our Ponderosa, which is our American IPA. Um, yep. Got some bottles here as well. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, it's quite it's it's on in a lot of local taps. I think. That's yeah, we have about seventy accounts outside of the brewery. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, so we're producing uh, about three thousand liters of beer a week when things are going correct, um, which is enough to drown in. 
so yeah. yeah, there's plenty of beer. Um, <laughs> That's the yardstick he used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can this kill someone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um. So yeah, so we got that going. Um, Ponderosa has been really successful. We've now um, this week launched our Big Pine, which is a double IPA. Had a little taste the other day. Yeah, it's cool. Hey, what'd you, what'd you think? Uh, it's it's big. It is big. This one's the yeah. Big Pine. Yeah, yeah, I will only be drinking small. Mm. Um, whatever that is, uh, not a schooner. Um, yeah, the midi. Yeah, mm. because that's quite hefty, but delicious. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah quite, really quite cool. tasty. Yeah. So essentially, it's just a ponderosa with half the water. Um, <laughs> so we we doubled the recipe square. So if we used however much grain we use, we doubled that. How much mosaic amarillo? We doubled that. Um, it's a really big monster, monster beer, and I think that's kind of fun. But I've kind of got this interest in looking into. Um, uh, the other side of that coin so doubling the water without doubling the uh so the grain pulling down like a pulling down the abv yeah, yeah. so um we're that we i've had this idea because all of our beers are named after trees it's like a theme yep. that we have um so the the tree bonsai is too good to not have a beer so we got to figure out a way to use that into something so the right. bonsai pa will be the half batch of the pontrosa that's I coming like that. just like way too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna be fun yeah yeah so it's it's such a dad pun joke yeah like i love it yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah cool yeah so um so that's one that we're working on. i got the grains there probably next week we'll brew that and see that's released very soon um yeah. so the the bonsai ponderosa or just the yeah, it'll be just be just the, bonsai the bonsai ipa ipa yeah cool um, i love it and yeah i think we, we actually get a lot of people really concerned about abv um or alcohol it's uh kind of central in town there so it is a driving Distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's look, RSA. It's always good to be responsible. Yeah. But, uh, I have also seen people just be ridiculous. Like I, I've had someone come in the other day and they were like, "Uh, which beer should I have?" I was like, "Well, um, you know, what do you normally like to drink?" And had that little conversation. I was like, "Well, why don't you just why don't you just have a sip of this?" And they're like, "Oh no, 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 I'm driving. I can't. I can't have a sip of this beer." And it's like, uh, I think okay, but that's. A bit ridiculous. You, you came to a brewery. Yeah. So then, <laughs> so then I was like, well, look, I'll pour it and you can just smell it and I'll give you kind of a good idea of what you're getting yourself into. And he's like, no, no, I can't smell it. I can't even oh, be okay, around it. Yeah. And it's like, like, okay, guys. Stone like, Lord's pretty yeah. tight, but we're not like... Yeah. Yeah, we're not... Yeah, so he refused to smell the beer, uh, being concerned that he might be intoxicated. <laughs> I don't, I really know, I don't really know. I don't really know what he was doing, but um, I've, I see stories like that all the time. Um, so... Uh, in response to that, we're looking at making it really low gravity, really, um, uh, basically I'm shooting for around 1% on it. Um, wow, okay. like really low. So yeah. Like what's the borderline for considered non-alcoholic 0.5. So, yeah. um, but when you get to that range, you get to some other issues. So yeah. alcohol as a natural preservative, yeah. um, hops are also an antibiotic, uh, antibacterial, uh, ingredient in beer. Um, so you have a lot of safety nets a little bit more higher than that, but at 0.5, you, you start to be a little bit more vulnerable to infections. Um, so typically you won't find any beers that are that low that aren't pasteurized. So yeah. they like sterilized inside the, inside the container. Uh, we don't have the ability to pasteurize, so we're not looking that low. Mass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, certainly not. Yeah. Um, maybe like my little autoclave or something, but, yeah, yeah. um, yeah. So looking at low, but not, quite not alcohol free um i yep. can also imagine that selling alcohol free beers means not paying any excise 
And I would assume that would probably draw some attention from the ATO. <laughs> so, <laughs> Quite quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, not that there's any reason to not like, have uh, interest. Why is your alcohol tax is like halved? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not that I have anything to hide from the ATO. But um, <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Um, yeah. So that's uh, yeah, no, one of the things. No, no random dogs you're claiming are guard dogs. Yeah. It's yeah. Like <laughs> <that>. no, <laughs> it's such an Aussie trading thing. Yeah. Uh, awesome, man. So, yeah, we've got the the Ponderosa. You've got another project that you've teased us about and yep. the Bonsai Bear. That's that's quite the reveal for us. Thank oh, you. Oh, actually, hey, one other thing. Um, so we've been looking at, we've been doing these little late night after hours things. So one of the things that we believe in as a brewery is that we should always be open to the public. If we want to be a public place we need to like never be close to the public so we do get requests all the time about hiring out the venue entirely for like a it is a beautiful venue i mean oh, the, just... the carbon bulbs and the fake hops hanging around everywhere <laughs> and just like the picnic tables like uh, I quite, yeah it's, it's quite a good environment ah, no cheers yeah it's like kind of an un, uh unimposing i guess like yeah. a nice yeah, warm yeah. place but yeah, so we get lots of requests for that, but something we're really passionate about is always remaining open to the public. Um, you can't ask the public to, to use us as their venue if we're not going to do that. So uh, we never do that. We Our hours are noon to 8 p.m. always, and we never close. Um, there's three days, well, sorry, there's three days of the year that we close, uh, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and Easter Sunday. Outside of that, if it is a Wednesday and it's between noon and 8, I am open, and I have always been open. Um, despite the haters out there that think that we're not open on those days. We are open on those days. We're always open on those days. It's never, ever Living been closed early. two streets away from you, I can confirm, yeah. you are always open. So so with that, um, there are times that we like to do the do something that's a little bit more unique and a little bit more private. Um, so we do those after hours. So at 8 o'clock is when we're open to, and at after 8, there's kind of not the, that expectation that we're yep. going to be open. So um, Friday nights, we pay. Um, the way that that works is... It's $10 to come in after eight or to be there after eight. That all goes to our musician to help support local music and things like that. Um, But that's an after hours thing. So you can still come uh, before eight. You can do everything normal, but after eight, things are a little different. Uh, The same is true for trivia on Saturday nights. uh, It's $10 to play. And And they they have online bookings as well that I'll link in the show notes for this. Yeah, awesome. Hey, well, good plug. Um, So one of the other things we're looking at doing is probably doing something like a TED Talk. Or uh, something like that, where we get some interesting people to come around and make this completely obsolete. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, we won't record it. We won't record it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah maybe no, you can maybe great. you can give me a list of interesting people. But I can come along and network. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that actually will sound really cool. Like having um, uh, like an after hours, say Thursday night or something like where you have like a heart surgeon talk about their craft. For, yeah, that sounds awesome, man. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely down. I'll be there for sure. Yeah, so that's something probably things. not officially TED Talk because that no, that's probably trademarked, but probably trademarked. Um, something along those lines of kind Can of. Can we uh, just call it a random name? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so just for some quick background for all mm. of our listeners, every trivia that me and my partner and friends attend. We name our team <laughs> after the host and probably one of the inceptors of the idea of doing trivia there is one of the bartenders and workers that Jacob has in please, um, Ned, who is actually going to come on this podcast as well and oh, give right. me a lot of grief for his voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ned is fantastic. He's one of the kindest human beings out there. So we always mm. name our uh, team after him. So we've had, <laughs> we really Ned this, uh, Ned again and, um, like night of the living ned night of the living ned yep. i think we had a christmas one um as well around christmas so mm. yeah we, we've always done that but what if you did ned talks oh that's good <laughs> just that's good yeah yeah uh, that's a good name and uh, it's uh it's it's on the nose that's pretty close. Funny. yeah that's <laughs> I pretty good like it. 
Yeah. You All right. Yeah. Well, so. I don't know if he probably wants because the problem is he's always <laughs> he's on. Quite humble. Yeah. Well, he's always on for the trivia, and so it's it's difficult for him to get a Saturday night off, which is a bit of a shame. And so if we did that on Tuesdays or Thursdays as well, he'll probably be like, oh, he doesn't have to attend. You just name them. Yeah. Okay. Just name them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just just hijack yeah. his name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that. That's like that. catchy. That's fun. All right, man. Um, so, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Do you have a timeline on that? Or is it when it happens, it happens? Uh, yeah, like all things, when it happens, it happens. But uh, we are working on it pretty aggressively. I think that's going to be one of our next things. The uh, trivia and music have been phenomenal for us. Mm. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a good environment. People are drinking and they're drinking good beer, but no yep. one's... The, people aren't falling over. People aren't vomiting. People are just um, yeah. having a good time. The crowd yeah. is a little bit mature. It's not drawing in the the people who just got their yeah. uh, ability to drink legally license. Yeah, um, it's an alternative to the kind of barrel pub scene. Um, yeah, which is cool if that's what you want to go do. Uh, oh, I absolutely. Don't... <laughs> that's that it's a rite of passage as yep. such. But uh, once you hit a certain stage, that's kind of just messy, and you want to hang yep. out with people and have conversations. And yep. Eden is very good for providing that. Environment. Yeah, and that's actually that's why we chose a trivia to be on a Saturday night. Usually. Borrowers are going to do that on a Thursday or Wednesday to kind of boost sales. But the truth is, like, well, if my role as a brewery is to be a center for the community, I need to provide things for the community. And um, there's really not much to do on a Saturday night. Like, no, um, like yeah. there's lots of places to go and drink, but not if you just if you're not into that. Like, then what do you do? So, um, putting trivia on Saturday meant that we could do those things. So. Absolutely, and it's, yeah. it is a good time. And the trivia itself, we could we could spend a podcast talking about how to explain those rules because they're, they're quite fun and in-depth. It's not <laughs> your standard trivia pub quiz. Um, yeah, I think Jacob Scotty's speech memorized. Um, I won't <laughs> run you guys through that. But it, it's quite fun, and there's always a theme thing. Mm. And so we've had um, Schwarzenegger and... Uh, Hot tubs. Uh, hot tubs. <laughs> Dodgeball. Dodgeball. The Mongols. Uh, the Mongols. It's, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, so themed ones as well. So it's, it's quite fun and highly recommend everybody coming to that. Mm. All right. So that's the Eden plug there. The only other thing I have to do in this part, because I do want to get you on again, if you're willing. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, it wasn't, is, wasn't is too bad. Just, <laughs> just genuinely thank Jacob for coming on, mm. um, for supporting us in our first go. And for anybody listening, uh, if you do want to support this, you want to hear more, um, we have a Patreon page. So it's Patreon slash IRL pod. Um, and also get in touch if you know someone or if you want to be on the podcast. That's You're totally welcome to do that. We have an Instagram created for that as well. Um, and that's about it. Just thank you so much, Jacob. We really appreciate you coming in. No, thanks, Sharing man. your stories. They're fantastic. I think there's a lot here for people to listen to. You're welcome for the therapy um, in regards to <laughs> why you name trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> why you name your beers after trees. Um, and definitely check out Eden Brewery. Everything by them will be tagged in the show notes, their website, um, their Instagram, all that sort of stuff as well. Anything else you want to add? Well, I want to say thanks for you, man. Like, this is a pretty oh. cool thing. I think the um, the Highlands has, like, amazing, amazing people. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, running to people all the time at the bar and stuff. And, like, there's all these great stories and places and little nooks and crannies of the, of the Highlands. And, um, yeah, some of them are told well and some of them aren't. And, like, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool idea, this being able to talk and, and especially, yeah, like you mentioned, for people coming down, uh, starting the Highlands or who maybe have grown up here. Um, there's loads of people that have done amazing things on here. It is. Yeah. It, I seem to have <laughs> yeah. amassed people in my life who are just like quite, they have quite a story to tell and people haven't heard it. Um, yeah. and so that's, that, that was pretty much the premise of this. Yeah. Personal that. training. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I just wanted yeah. to pull people in to just hear everything about them and how it started. I mean, your humanitarian work leading to brewing beer, like there's a story there for sure. And then mm. what we've revealed in just this part one is quite 
quite an epic tale. Yeah, uh, I think we could definitely oh. fill a few comic books. Um, we, we're going to have to create an IRL uh, extended universe cinema. Yeah, that, that'd be right. <laughs> yeah, which would be pretty cool. I don't know who would play me, but yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, well, in the comments, in the comments. Who would, yeah. Yeah, in the comments, who would play <laughs> Jacob? Um, they cannot be Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely not. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you all for listening, and we will hear from you next time, Jacob. Cheers.